Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Pine Hills Church Podcast. My name is Aaron. Grateful that you're continuing in this Unraveled series with us. We're looking at what it looks like to unravel the things that hinder our faith. To start, let's start with reading text Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. And then Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Have you ever seen someone go just all in on something? They bought all the gear before they even knew how to do the activity. They show up on day one outfitted like a professional. They aren't quite sure how to use the gear or even use it to its potential. But over time, they grow more and more into that thing. They become the typical person associated with that type of thing. They wear the associated brands. They plan their free time and maybe even their work time around it. They talk about it nonstop at happy hour. They try to get all of their other friends involved in that thing. This is what truly following the way of Jesus looks like. It ushers in a completely new identity and reality that we don't quite know how to live into yet, but we can grow more and more into these things over time. And we talk about the experiences we have with others and we try to get them to come along with us. And this is a good thing. It's a normal thing because we all become like the thing that we follow anyway. And this conversation matters because we can all get caught up in following the wrong things and then get frustrated when we make that discovery years down the trail. Especially when we are following the truth, there will always be things that kind of pull us away and distract us from following the thing that we should be following anyway. And we end up going down that trail in the wrong direction. And this is what Paul wants to continue to confront over the past couple of weeks, we have seen that Paul has challenged the readers of this letter to discern the authority over the voices that are affecting the trajectory of their lives and shaping who they're becoming. And he also challenged the readers to evaluate their lives and see if they're leading people in a good direction. If you are a follower of Jesus, are you leading people towards Christ or is there anything in your actions that put up barriers to people experiencing him? Or are they leading people away from Christ? And Paul's going to ground his argument as hard as he can in this chapter. Paul opens up Galatians chapter 3 by asking, Who has cast an evil spell on you? Which I think is really interesting word choice. They had such a clear picture of the gospel and all that Jesus had done for them. And they had experienced the goodness of being united with God's spirit and the freedom of following the way of Jesus. But now they're under the spell of a lie that is leading them away from a healthy life of faith following the way of Jesus. And we've been following Paul's argument where he's been deconstructing the lie, which has been, which has been leading these people away 
and he's trying to get them back to the way of truth. And he does this in part by reminding them his goal for them. His desire is that people would live according, according to the gospel of Jesus. And Paul's desire is that people would experience a way of life that is actually life-giving and good, and that is found in the freedom and life of Jesus. This is what we mean when we say gospel or good news. It's living into the life and lifestyle of Jesus. But in order to point people back to the truth of the gospel, what they are already previously affirmed in their life anyway, he needs to continue to deconstruct the barriers. Now, what are what are some of the barriers that are popping up? Well, one, false teachers. They had snuck into the community and they brought these lies that it was Jesus plus something else, which would ultimately bring them into the family of God. It was affecting the trajectory of their life because people were either a out on the Jesus thing, or it introduced this works-based salvation that if we work, we can have right standing before God instead of living into the freedom that Jesus provides us. And then there's false belief. Again, we talked about that they're saved by anything else other than faith alone. So he needed to confront the false teachers, the false belief, which led to false action. It was leading people away from a life of faith in God with all the freedom that comes from it. And have you ever gone back to something that you knew just wasn't good for you, you in the first place? Maybe it was a bad relationship, maybe a sports team that always crushes your heart. Maybe it's the Lord to indulge too much in chicken wings, although your doctor tells you you need to be eating a bit cleaner. And this is what Paul is addressing. He first wants to show them that they are returning to something that wasn't good for them in the first place. Galatians 3.10 says, But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in the book of the law. And to understand this section, we need to talk about a couple of things here. Laws, curses, and promises. And to understand these three things, we need to understand some larger narrative arcs of Scripture. The condensed version of the story is that humans were created to enjoy fellowship with God, unhindered by all the trappings of the flesh. And we see this in Genesis playing out through Adam and Eve. But the world fractured when these humans rejected the authority of God, which is the same cycle of all of humanity. We have attempted to define good and evil for ourselves. And human history is one account after another of broken humanity attempting to institute what we think is good and just, which ultimately just leads to more brokenness. And this is what it means to live cursed, to live separated from God and without hope, left to the same cycles of brokenness, to play out over and over and over again. Essentially, we exchange the beauty of the garden for a valley of death, and we need something different. This, is, this was never God's intention, and it isn't God's intention today. God wants to break the curse. He wants to restore relationship with Him, and He wants to empower us to join in on the mission of not only experiencing renewal for ourselves, but being agents of renewal for others so that no one is disconnected from God and no one is lonely. No one lives in brokenness. And he begins this path of renewal by working through a family, namely through a man named Abram turned Abraham. 
And he tells Abraham that if he will trust in him in faith, that he would bless the world through his offspring, which was a miracle because Abraham and his lovely wife, Sarah, assumed that that dream had come and gone as it would have required a work of God in their life to bring about a baby in their old age. And being a parent myself, I would assume having a kid much later in life would also require the ongoing miracle of God of having enough strength to keep up with them because even that is difficult even at my age, much less having a baby later in life. But God brings about a child and over the history, over their history, eventually that child grows and grows and expands the family and the family becomes so large that it threatens the psyche of the greatest military presence in their day, Egypt. And Egypt responds to the threat by enslaving the family of God, I guess, as you do, oppressing the people of God until God eventually led the people out of slavery using a man named Moses. And God used Moses and miracle after miracle to bring the people out of slavery, and he gave them a law, the Ten Commandments, to help them to live into this new reality, this new identity, and a new life with God and with others. And this should at least give us a couple of plot points in the narrative as you read through Galatians 3 and the rest of Galatians all together. But remember that the plan was to bless the world through Abraham's offspring. The person who ultimately blesses the world is Jesus. And you can even trace Jesus's lineage back to Abraham, but Jesus came to show us what life reconnected with God actually looks like. And he invites us to experience the same thing in our lives. And then Jesus fulfills what the law requires in regards to consequences of the law. If you break a law, you have to live by the consequences. And order, if we, if we don't live into God's ways, it brings death into our life. So in order to satisfy the consequences of a law broken, it requires life. And that life isn't required of us. Jesus takes that on himself. Jesus takes our guilty verdict and he dismisses the case by everything that he has done for us through his life, death, and resurrection, and even his ongoing work in our life. And so that might trip you up and that might not make a lot of sense. But the path to, to being in the family of God comes through Jesus because all that he's done for us, he's shown us a better way, but he also satisfies all of this stuff in our life that has created death. And he shows us that he overcomes death by giving us life. And so we're all looking for life in our life anyway. More often than not, we continue to experience more brokenness. So we look for him in other things. But the only one powerful enough to actually bring life through death is. Jesus, because Jesus is the only one who's risen from the dead. He's the only one who has life through death, and he offers that to us. And, and what he's done for us actually breaks the curse. It restores us in a right relationship with God where we can daily experience the reality of the garden breaking in here and now. And he empowers you to help others know the goodness of God. And he will bring you fully into the garden when either your body dies and you go to be with him, or he chooses to step in and to bring the reality of the garden to earth. That's the thing we pray about. God, would you bring heaven to earth? Would you combine those two things? This is the end game of God. And the question isn't if, but when he is going to do that. And so, okay, that's a lot that we just packed in a big narrative arc of scripture. And hopefully I did get enough job and I brought you up to speed on laws, curses, and promises. 
because it, it shadows a lot of the letter. And this probably felt like a lot of work, which it is for us. But remember that Paul is writing to people who knew these plot points. Paul is correcting the arguments used against him. And he keeps using Abraham and Moses because they're pillars in the Jewish community. And he's correcting their use of, of these people referencing Abraham and Moses. But he's also playing this ultimate trump card in how he navigates the spiritual conversation. If he can, if he can essentially tuck all of this into what has already happened in their story, these people will better understand. And Paul connects their belief that we are saved by faith alone and not by obeying the law to one of the pillars of the faith, Abraham. Because the natural progression of the story anyway was Abraham was was one, one of the fathers of their faith. But two, he had to have been saved by faith because then the law doesn't come until 430 years later. So it's not possible in their spiritual imagination to assume that we're saved by the law because that's not how the story unfolds. Faith comes first. Faith comes before right action. And the law is important as it helps us to live into this new reality, but it frees us from the propensity to feel like you have to earn your way into right standing before God. And it frees you from having to feel like we have to get everything right. And it shows us that we can be free people who get to then walk out freedom. And the law, again, it's good. It shows us our need for a savior. It shows us our need that we need Jesus. And with all this in mind, let's look at the next few verses. Galatians chapter 3, verses 11 through 14, it says, So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life, not by obeying the law. Isn't that beautiful? It's by faith that you have life. Because the law says if you break one, you're guilty of breaking the whole law. All of us have broken at least one law. All of us have at some point rejected God's authority, tried to define good and bad for ourselves, and, and made a bad choice, which brings death. But thank goodness that we don't have to work our way up to right standing before God. It's provided for us through Jesus so that through faith, a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on a cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same spiritual blessing promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. I love what's happening here. Paul's making this argument that it's through faith that we have life anyway. And these Jewish people often think that these Gentiles, people far from God, could not be part of God's family. But in what Jesus has done, he breaks down every cultural barrier. He creates for himself one family. And this is a beautiful thing because we get to then have all the promises that are offered that God began to even offer from Abraham that would be a blessing to the entire world, that we can live connected with God. All of these beautiful things. It's through Jesus that you don't have to live under the curse of being separated from God. It's through Jesus that the old self is gone and you can step into a new self. It's through Jesus you get to be adopted into the family of God and live connected to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Galatians 3, 26 through 29. I love this verse. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So the verse teaches that through Jesus, we have one, a new identity. We get to be sons and daughters of God. We get to be adopted into the family, which is our new community. You don't have to live isolated and alone because we get to have brothers and sisters in the faith. And then there's this new reality. We're made new. Our past is forgiven and we're empowered to live freely because what Jesus has done, he frees us from having to measure up according to the law. He gives us right standing before God, and then he empowers us to do what the law requires anyway, which is namely to love God with our entire being and to love others as we would love ourselves. And then the new reality is that we no longer have to live disconnected from God, but we get to be filled up by his spirit. And then we can become heirs, which carries an inheritance bigger than I can even imagine or think. It means that whatever your need might be today for God to provide in some regard, that he'll provide according to how great he is, according to his riches, according to everything that he has. And he's the one that has brought everything into existence anyway. Isn't that amazing? And so through Jesus, we have a new identity. We have a new community, a new family. And then we get to live into this new reality, which again is like what we talked about earlier. We kind of show up and we have all this gear on like we're professionals, but we don't quite know how to live into it yet. And so it's the same thing. What Jesus has provided for you is something that we have to grow into, grow in our understanding, grow through his help and, and deconstructing old lives from the past so that way we, we can fully live into what this might look like. Because the, the kingdom reality is that this is your life within the kingdom of God. If you accept Jesus by faith, as you begin to follow after him with all the questions, the doubts, the things you still need to figure out, you get to be invited into the family of God when you recognize Jesus, you're the thing I'm ultimately looking for. I've been looking for salvation and all these other things, but it can ultimately only be found in you. And I want to live into your reality. I want to live into your kingdom. I want to put myself under the authority of who you are. I want to live according by the way accordance to the way that you think I should live so that way I could live as freely as I possibly can experiencing the most life that I can even in a broken world and I want to live into your purposes so that I can help other people discover the reality of God's kingdom but what makes that difficult to believe like for me if I could be honest and go first if I could be vulnerable so then maybe you could be vulnerable for me it's hard because the controlling bent of my mind for whatever reason that that might be, is that I'm just not blank enough. So it's fill in the blank. At times I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. Like that continues to be the barrier for me to not be able to believe at times this rea this new reality, this new identity, new community, new reality. So if that's me, then what in your life might make it difficult for you to believe these things? What's the barrier that gets in your way? And what do you need God's help with so that you can deconstruct that and experience the goodness of God in the fullest possible terms that you can?
So let's practice this. If if you're at home, then let's just walk through this. If you're driving or on a jog, maybe just make space where you can kind of quiet yourself just for a little bit or take a pause for the run. But I just want you to make space to receive from God. If you can safely put your hands out like you're you're about to receive a gift from someone, if not, then just make that a posture of your heart where you kind of open yourself up. And let's just pray, God, would you come Holy Spirit? Thank you that we could be vulnerable and honest with you. Thank you that you care about us so much that you allow us to be vulnerable and honest. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us to receive from you today. Help us to receive a new identity, that we're sons and daughters of God, that we're deeply cared for, that we're cherished, that we can call you Father, that we can go to you with everything. And because what Jesus has done for us, we can approach you with confidence because there's nothing that holds us back. We get to fully live into this reality. We can experience the garden even now. Help us to live into a new community. Help me to realize that I have brothers and sisters in Christ who maybe have gone through similar things and that they're meant to be a blessing to me and I'm meant to be a blessing to them. And where I've shunned community and when I thought I can do this all on my own, help me to not live into that lie, but help me to connect to a community and help me to connect to a smaller community that I can gather with on a routine basis to talk about the good and the bad of life and have people that can pray for me. Help me to engage this new community. And then God, help me to live into this new reality that you'll provide everything that I could need. You make me new. My past is forgiven, that my my future is going to be empowered to live out by you so I don't have to stress or worry or live anxiety because you'll give me what I need when I need it. And I thank you that I don't have to be disconnected from you, but I can live into this, this reality of being part of the family of God. And thank you, God, that I have an inheritance that's bigger than I can even understand. It's bigger than the things that my heart often longs for or goes after. Thank you, God, that I could live into this. So help me to continue to live into this by discovering my new identity, my new community, and my new reality. And again, this is a practice that you can pray over all the time. Pray this thing over you consistently the next few weeks that you would begin to understand your new identity, this community that God has for you, and then this new reality. And then again, let's follow up with this and not leave it here. Let's talk about this in our community groups or with a trusted friend this week where you can share what you've experienced by practicing this, just opening yourself up to say, God, would you come teach me? Teach me this thing that Paul is talking about as he's writing it in the letter of Galatians. Teach me how to live into this new identity, this new reality, this new community. And help me to receive fully the Holy Spirit that helps me to do this each and every day. But that is what we have for you this week. We just want to thank you for being part of the ongoing conversation. If it's helpful for you, please share it with someone else that you think might be helpful for them too, because we want everyone to be part of the family, to experience the goodness of God. And we want to help people see that the stuff that Jesus has on offer is good for us even today. But we can't wait to continue the conversation with you in the next week. Can't wait to see you in the next episode. Have a great day. Bye.